Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, hey, we're in week two of a series that we've titled Legacy. It's our Legacy series. And, uh, and we're really challenging ourselves and taking a look and encouraging ourselves through the scriptures to be on point with thinking about what a legacy looks like. We're all going to leave a legacy. Every one of us in this room has some sort of legacy. You're living and you're leaving. My question is, what is that legacy if today was the last day? If today was it. What's the legacy that you left on planet Earth? What's the mark that you made with your life? Uh, in previous to, to pastoring, I used to run uh, a company and at one time had 100 employees and it was a blast. And my favorite thing to do uh, in running the company was to do the new hire training. I loved it. I took a page out of uh, the book from Chick-fil-A. And uh, one of the things that they do is that they would have a Christmas party as a company, Chick-fil-A, big, massive corporation. And the owner of the company, uh, Mr. Kathy, would come and he would sit with some of the newest hires so here they were working a register yesterday, and now they're sitting next to the owner of the company, and he would dialogue with them. And so I would love to meet with all of our employees, and one of the things that I did when they started with us is I would, rather than just throw them to the lions and say, all right, good luck, I hope it works out for you, is I would take two days with them, and I would go through life, hit the pause button, how you doing? Do you need to recalibrate anything? Is there anything that may be off? And we talk about life and values and goal setting. And, and then part of the process, I would actually have them write their own obituary. <laughs> you want to watch a grown man cry? Have him write his obituary in front of you on his second day of work, you know. And, uh, and, and guys would just be like, wow, I, I really haven't done that much with my life. And my encouragement is, that's okay. God's not freaked out by that. God is giving you an invitation this morning. He's encouraging you. Hey, son, it's cool. I'm all that stuff that you didn't think was useful. I'm actually going to make really good use of it. I'm going to take all those messes and some of the things and some of the things that went right and maybe some of the things that didn't go right. And I'm going to formulate that all, all together in a beautiful uh, uh, soup. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to smell, it's going li- to fill up the house like Thanksgiving dinner, right? You know? And God takes every one of our stories and he melds us together. And I love what, what God has been building here at Authentic Church and all the people and the stories that we're meeting and, and hearing about. And for us as pastors, one of the greatest joys uh, that we have is we have the honor of sitting literally in the front row of many of your lives in what God is doing in and through you. And it's so beautiful. And, and we get to celebrate with you when you're going through tough times. We're with you in the tough times. When you're crying, we're crying. When, you're, you're, when your babies are sick, we're praying. When your marriage is, man, we just need some prayer today. Anybody that's married in the room would say, we've all been there. We've all needed prayer, right? If you're single and you're saying, man, I need help in my purity. If you're struggling for vision and what to do as a young person or maybe in the second phase or second season of life, we're here with you and we don't have all the answers, but we know a God who does. And so our goal here on a Sunday morning isn't necessarily, like I said earlier, it's not to have a good sermon and a few songs and clap and isn't that great and go and let's have an awesome Sunday. No, our, our, our heart is that we're having an encounter with God. 
You know, like the God of the universe, the creator of the universe is stepping into this moment and he has something to say to every single person in this room. I think that's pretty awesome, pretty amazing. So we're, we're in week two of this series and my question, two questions for you really quick as we begin. What are you living for and who are you living for? What are you living for and who are you living for? Because life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. Life is short. If I say life is short, then that begs the question, well, what am I doing with the time that I do have? Am I I making most of the time that I've been given here on this earth? If I say that eternity is real, am I living in light of that in the conversations that I'm having and situations and how I'm living and the time and the talents and resources that God's given unto me? Am I investing that into the soil of things God is doing? And if I say people matter most, am I living my life thinking about anybody else but myself? I don't know about you, but like I'm in a hurry when I'm in a hurry to be in a hurry. Like there's times in my life when I feel like I'm hurrying from one thing to the next thing and from one call to the next phone call and I forgot this text message and that email and, and God's just like, pause, Jeff, people matter most. Taking a moment for others. So we're in this series of legacy, we're really reminding ourselves and asking that question, if life is short, if eternity is real and people matter most, gut check, how am I doing with that? Am I living on point for legacy? Proverbs 13.22 says, a good person or a wise person leaves an inheritance to their children's children. And God is a generational God. And he thinks and he speaks always, in, it seems like, in three generations, right? There was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is uh, Father, Spirit, Son, right? You have been created in the image of God. You're, you're a tripart being. You have a spirit, soul, and a body. God's this God of threes, and he thinks in these generations. And there's three generations. A wise person is looking not just at their generation, but that generation and the one below them. And I would say a wise person and a wise church needs to think generationally. So last week we talked a lot about generations and in Deuteronomy 16, uh, there's a passage there where the Lord has this in mind, this rhythm of generations, this rhythm of life in connectedness and, and he calls the men of Israel, he says three times a year you're to come out and you're to gather together three times a year and you're gonna bring an offering. And so as a young boy, as when they come of age, they get to join dad and their uncles, and their grandpa, and their great-grandpa for some of them. And they would all make this trek to Jerusalem, all excited, having man time, like camping, right? To the, that's, camping's always been around, all right? So men that love to camp, some of the men are like, I'm done with camping, dude, I'll take a hotel. I get it. But my, brother, my, 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 my boys and I, we, I took them camping last weekend, and we camped overnight and had such a fun time. There's something about just getting together with the men. And so God has this generational mindset, and he tells them, he says, hey, all you men, I want you to get together three times a year, and you're going to bring an offering. And it's a special offering to the Lord. So here at Authentic Church, uh, we don't pass the proverbial buckets per se on a Sunday, but three times a year it will be our practice as the children of Israel that we will have a formal time of offering. And I want to let you know in advance so that you can pray in your heart what to give. It's so simple. When it comes to giving in the Bible, you pray and you obey. That's it. There's no heavy-handedness. There's no manipulation. There's no a million text messages about it. There's no strong-arming, and we're going to take five offerings in one service. It's none of that. You just pray, and you obey whatever God tells you to give, 
and there's always more than enough. That's it. That's, that's how it works, right? That's it. And so in Deuteronomy, it says three times a year you're to do this. And so they would all present something. So in the springtime, they would have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which coincides with Passover. And then they would have the Feast of Weeks, the Festival of Weeks, which uh, coincides with Pentecost. And then in the fall time, they would come and celebrate with the Festival of Tabernacles. And all the men would come together. And so it's our practice as a church that three times a year we'll do this. So the first offering that we always take and give of the year goes to Israel. Why? Because there's a, there's a precedence and a principle in the Bible that started all the way back with Abraham when God put his blessing on him and he says, those that bless you, I will bless. And he's the firstborn. As Gentile believers, some of you are Messianic believers in this congregation, which is super cool, um, where you are born Jewish, but you believe in the Messiah. Um, the rest of us were Gentiles, all right? So we got grafted into that vine, and we have that family lineage now that's tapped in through Jesus to God the Father. And so three times a year they would come, and they, and they would bring their offerings. So the first offering for us always goes to Israel. The first offering that we take in and the first check that we write as a church goes to bless Israel. And I believe, honestly, that's one of the reasons why our church is so blessed, is, is that principle alone. Before we planted the church, Fawn and I, we prayed and we sowed a bunch of seeds, some bigger than others, some were like $20 seeds, some were larger seeds, but we sowed seeds into all these churches and ministries and ministers that we just really had an admiration for. Many churches that are here in this area that have been tried and true, amazing churches where God's done amazing moves, we sowed a seed into those churches because God's not a man that he should lie. That what you sow, so shall you reap. And so we planted seeds, but the first offering that we always send out goes to Israel. And then the second offering that we do is in the springtime, and we do a heart for house offering. And the heart for the house offering will have some different things going on that you can give into in the springtime. And uh, some of that goes to, a lot of it has gone to missions, it's gone to benevolence, it's gone to help uh, missionaries around the world. It's a really, really cool time. And then in the wintertime, in the fall, just like they would have the Festival of Tabernacles, we come together and our offering is really going to be our legacy offering. So I'm just giving you some of the backstories. I know some of you haven't been with us for a full year yet, um, but that's, what, that's, the, that's the rhythm uh, that we're following based on the Bible. And the legacy offering, basically what we have is just three lanes of legacy. And I think you have a card there that you'll probably hand it or left on your seat, but there's three lanes of legacy. And those lanes are generations, which we talked about last week, uh, evangelism, which we'll talk about uh, next week, and then a building fund. Um, so just want to give you a quick update on Needham Chapel. We are blessed uh, to be able to have this place. We, we moved into Needham Chapel on Sunday starting May 23rd. It was uh, Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we, we had our first service here. And it was such a blessing when we moved in here on May 23rd. And we've got, we have this chapel secured through March, which is awesome. And then after that, Vanguard still wants us to stay on campus. Uh, there's a slight chance we could remain in here or they would move us into a different uh, more permanent location, a little bit larger and, and different things. And so we're, we're considering all that, but we feel that it's wise to start now preparing for the future, preparing for the generations, preparing for the evangelism, preparing for the missions that we're going to do. We feel it's wise to start now saving up to be able to move into a, a building of our own. 
And so I just want to dream with you just for like two seconds this morning. If you'll just give me some leeway, we'll get into the word. But I just want to dream with you and just kind of show you some of the examples of things that we kind of considered there. So we have a few different pictures. There's like an exterior, if it was like a, like a warehouse type of a building, which we have looked into those actually. We looked into a few in the city of Irvine um, and, and a couple of them that have come available um, and then uh, that's, that's just a cool exterior. That's kind of a dream for me. So, I, uh, hey, come on, man. You, that's a good dream. That's a good dream. That's a cool lobby area. It's a cool vibe. And, you know, part, part of a church building or a facility, isn't, it's not about a building, okay? It's just about making room for more and making room for more of what God wants to do in and through. Because there's talents, giftings, and resources that are all through this room. There's people that own their own businesses, Alyssa. There's people that have different things going on. If we could have a, a ministry resource center that is able to house and be able to be a catalyst for that vision that you have in your life, how awesome would that be? How awesome would it be with, if the best coffee in town was a coffee that was served at our coffee shop, right? How you could go in and get your boundless gear and sit down and read the Bible in front of a cool fireplace or whatever, right? You know, have some fun with it. So, and then a cool auditorium type of space where we could have big gatherings, nice, um, move the chairs out of the way. You could do tables and dinners and different things and you could actually have that as uh, a source of income for the church if you rent it out for an, like an event space, which a lot, of, a lot of places do. So that's just a little bit of the vision on that. So if you wanna give in to that, like I said, um, we're not doing an offering today. I just wanted you to pray about it. Just pray about what the Lord would have you do. It's so simple. You just pray, Holy Spirit, do you want me to give in to this? And if the answer is yes, tell me what and how much. That's it. And if you're married, do you do that? Maybe you do it separately and you come back together and then you see who has more faith, right? <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs> Which in our marriage, it was always fun. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I have pretty good faith and I would come and Fawn, I, I'd have a number and Fawn's like, I got that same number only with another zero. And I'm like, <laughs> but every time the Lord provided. All right. Well, last week we talked about four components of legacy and we looked at the life of David passing the baton onto his son Solomon and we're in 1 Chronicles 28. If you have your Bible, you can turn with us there, 1 Chronicles 28. If you don't have a Bible, good news, I got big Bibles on both sides of the, of the altar up here, and you can read along with us. These were, these were four components of legacy that David was sowing into his son, and he called all the children of Israel, all the people, all the leaders, the Levites, the priests were there, um, the, his, his main guys, David's mighty men were there. They're all celebrating this moment as David is passing the baton on to Solomon about building the temple. It's a beautiful passage of scripture, 1 Chronicles 28. And David left these four nice, beautiful nuggets for us today. He said, and you, my son, know the God of your father. Serve him wholeheartedly. Seek him and he will be found. Consider now, know God. That word know is intimately knowing, have an intimate knowledge. David intimately knew God. He said, Solomon, I want you to know him because if you know him, you're going to operate with wisdom. If you know him during those tough days that'll come and they come to us all, you're going to have the strength to sustain you. He said, serve him wholeheartedly. That word serve actually translates to worship then in our serving, we're worshiping. That, that when Hannah's up here on the piano, and yes, she's literally worshiping, and her husband's back on the pro presenter slides on the TVs making it so we can all read the words, 
he's serving and worshiping. When our kids' ministers are there serving, that's not childcare, that's ministry, and they're actually serving and worshiping God as they serve and minister to your children. He said, serve him wholeheartedly. And then he said, seek him and he will be found. And another translation for that, or a literal translation is to seek means to have a well-worn path to God. And I ch we challenged ourselves last week to have a well-worn path in our worship, in our prayer, in our time with God. Have a well-worn path. Let that carpet, let that rug wear out. Let those knees get all holy. And it's not fashion jeans. Your knees are really holy from down. And then he said, consider now. Take it seriously. There is a work that I have for you to do, son. I don't want you to get lazy and David knew God intimately, and he was passing this on to his son. And then it, it goes on in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 20. Then David continues, and he says to him, he says, Be strong and courageous to do the work. Again, he's speaking to his son. He's got everybody there. He's speaking to his son, and he says, Son, I want you to be strong and courageous and do the work. I don't want you to be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you, and he will not forsake you. He, God, will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. The various divisions of priests and Levites will serve in the temple of God, and others with skills of every kind will volunteer, and the officials and the entire nation are at your command. You know, sometimes when you prepare on a Sunday morning to share in a, in a kind of an environment like this, sometimes it's teaching or exegetical or preaching or what have you. This morning, I really felt like this was a word that was prophetically. I really believe that there is something in the next few minutes that we have together this morning, there is something God has specific for you. That you're gonna leave here today and you're gonna feel like God deposited something into your spirit. So my assignment today is just to deliver that word and I, I do have a few areas that I really felt like the Lord wanted me to hone in on. And the first one is keep the faith. Number one, keep the faith. David told Solomon, he said, stay strong, be courageous. You're gonna need to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. David knew that well because there was a time where he had made some blunders and some things didn't go the way everybody thought they would go and they were like a mutiny, let's get him out of here. We're gonna stone him, you're done. And David's like, oh, Lord, don't let them stone me. They're coming after me. He was manic. The world's caving in. It's falling down on him. These ones guys that were once fighting with him, now they're ready to stone him and throw him out. And David's telling Solomon, son, someday it's going to get hard. So I want to remind you now, be strong. Be courageous. Keep the faith. Lord's saying, keep the faith. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You're going to need to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Some of you, you're going through a battle right now. Part of that battle is because the Lord's training you for future battles that he wants you to be strong and ready to fight, but you don't have the fight in you yet for that battle. You don't have the strength. So he's literally training you with that hand, that bow. He's training you. You're on point for that. And he's teaching you how to encourage yourself in the Lord. How do I encourage myself in the Lord? That's a, it's a valid question. How do you encourage yourself? What does it look like for you? How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? Can't the Lord just come and just give me courage? He usually, if you pray for opportunities to be bold, 
He usually gives you opportunities for boldness. <laughs> if you're praying for courage, he throws you into the lion's den and says, all right, man, stand strong, baby, right? I tell you how I encourage myself in the Lord. I pray until I get my strength. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've gone into my prayer closet and had a whining session with God. Anybody ever been the whiner? I've been a whiner before, complainer, you know, unthankful, ungrateful. If you walk out of your prayer closet the way you came in, then you did not have an encounter with God. You probably just had a complaining session, all right? <laughs> so if that happens, you just, okay, stop yourself, turn back, go back into the prayer closet, and you pray, and you begin to worship. You pray until you are encouraged in the Lord. On Friday night, my wife and I and our kids were sitting down for dinner, and our, our practice is Friday nights, we just kind of have a Shabbat dinner uh, we, we, it's mellow, it's a good time, we chill with our kids, and, and as we started to, to pray uh, for dinner, my son River started to pray, and he continued to pray, but he wasn't praying for the food, he was actually praying for somebody in the congregation that has been battling cancer, and, uh, and he started to pray, and it was like the spirit of intercession came upon this 12-year-old kid. And he is praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. We're all praying. Fawn's crying. All of, I mean, the whole, the whole table, all the food's getting cold, and we're just praying and worshiping. And, and we go, you know what? We need to go over there and pray right now. And so we, we paused the dinner, and we got up, you know, got a hold of them, and then we waited to hear back. So we ate some dinner, and then they got back to us and said, yeah, come over. So we came over, and we walked in the room, and it was like death and despair. It was hard. It's difficult. When you see things just in the natural, it could really really hinder your faith. And you, you feel just like, oh God, you could feel hopeless in situations. And so we got in there. Pro tip, by the way, when you're going into a situation that you know you're gonna walk into that's gonna be difficult, pray along the way. Pray before you get there. Prepare yourself before you get there. So we're praying and we're worshiping in the car. We're talking to the kids. We're preparing them. We're picturing. We're picturing Jennifer. Jennifer Silver's her name. We're we're seeing her at a healthy weight. We're seeing her rising up out of her bed. We're seeing her talking to her husband and laughing and dancing and twirling and having a good time. We're seeing life come into her. And we're praying that. And we're praying that. And we're praying that. And we walk into the room, and there it is. And we began to pray and worship. And as we worshipped in that room. That fear, like Kara sang this morning, fear go, fear bow right now, that fear left the room. And we walked in there, and that thing left, and an hour later, we walked out, and there was joy, and there was praising, and she was even lifting her hand in worship in bed. You pray until you get your strength. Pray until you get your strength. Number two, the second thing you do, or the second thing that King David told Solomon to do, he said, son, do the work. There's gonna be work involved. We just, some of us, we just wanna pray it away. No, 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 you might have to work that sucker out. <laughs> I'd love it if I could just pray. Lord, I pray that you would bless me. And the Lord says, son, get out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning, go to work, right? You know, <laughs> Do the work, Ephesians 2.10, here's a reminder. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. There's a good work that he has for you. You were created on purpose for a purpose. He has stuff only you can do in this life. Live it to the fullest. Live the legacy that you were called to live. James 2.17 reminds us, faith without works is dead, right? Faith by itself doesn't have any works. Well, that's just dead. I love how James is. He's like, 
just that's stupid. Like, don't, if you got faith, then your faith will be seen in the works that you do. So if you're not doing any works for the things of God, do you really have faith that he is who he says he is and he's called you, that he loves you and he's equipped you and anointed you? Some people look for like a, 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 a pastor or somebody in their eyes that would be maybe more spiritual than they were to go do the work and God says... No, son, I want you to do the work. I remember when I was first saved, and, and I'm reading the Word of God, and it's coming alive to me, because I, I grew up Catholic, and I didn't really read the Bible too much. I mean, the priest did all the reading for me, you know? And so, so I, I started reading the Bible when I got saved, and I'm like, this says this? Wait, this happened? This person was sick, and they got well? So I remember one morning, I woke up, and I felt like the Lord said, you have sick days, take a sick day, and I want you to go to the hospital and go pray for people. I'm like, Okay, Lord. And so I call in. I have sick days. And so, you know, sick days, they use like vacation days. So anybody that's judging me right now, uh, you just get time off, right? PTO, pay time off. Okay, so you got PTO. And so I, I go to the hospital, and I'm like, now what? Like, I'm walking. Like, what am I doing? You know? And, uh, and so I walk into the hospital, and I say, I go to the nurse's station. I don't know what to do. And I just said, hey, um, I, I'm a minister, and, and I mean, I'm barely saved at this point, but we're all called to be ministers, okay? And so I, I'm like, I'm a minister, and I feel like God uh, told me to come here. Is there anybody that needs prayer today? And I'm trying to be as pastoral and you know, and, and I was like 22 years old, 23 years old at this time, and I had a super baby face. I have a light scruff now, but man, I could barely grow facial hair until I was 30, okay? And so, late bloomer, <laughs> there's hope for you if you're a teenager in here and you're like, there's hope for you. And I remember going there and praying and, and seeing, seeing God do miracles just for saying yes. Like when you just say yes, that pray and obey, man, that, that's like the simplicity of the lifestyle Christianity that you and I, are, we're all called to live. Pray and obey. Galatians 6.9 reminds us, let us not become weary in doing good. Some of you walked in here weary, you're going to leave full of faith today in Jesus' name. Because life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. The work that you're doing matters the investment you're making matters. The conversations you're having matters. The prayers that you're praying matters. It's making a difference. You may not see it here. It's making a difference. And I'm here to tell you soon you will see what you've been praying for to come to pass in Jesus' name. So keep the faith. Press through. Do the work. Number three, God is with you. David told Solomon, he said, God is with you. You're, you're, you're called to do a big, mighty work. I'm telling you, God is with you with you. I just want to remind some of you and maybe inform the rest of you that you were not created an accident. No matter how you came into this world, you might have been a surprise to your mom and dad, but you were no surprise to God. He formed you. Everything else he created, he spoke, but with you he formed he formed you. He's got a plan, a purpose, a destiny on your life. If we could eavesdrop on the prophet Jeremiah, God had a conversation with him in Jeremiah 1.5, and he tells Jeremiah, he says, Jeremiah, <laughs> brother, you think you know you? You have no clue. I know you. Before I formed you in the womb, I know you. I had a plan for your life, Jeremiah. I'm the one who formed you. I knew where you'd be confident. I knew where you'd be insecure. I knew where you would get frustrated, and I knew where you would have faith. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, Jeremiah, I had a plan, a call, and a purpose, and a destiny on your life. You were created for great things. 
You've been intentionally and strategically and purposely placed in this moment of time for a purpose, Jeremiah. You were born when you needed to be born, how you needed to be born, and where you needed to be born. Every single person in the room, some of you are feeling like, man, the world's getting darker. Dude, the light's gonna shine brighter, okay? If people get sick, bring them into church and we'll pray for them. If they don't wanna come to church, we will call the elders of the church together and go with anointing oil and pray the prayer of faith over them and see the sick person get well. I am not worried about getting sick. So if somebody is sick and they need prayer, I'ma go pray for them, okay? Jesus spent time with lepers. Now, I don't know. I've never seen a leper, okay? But I would hope that I would have the faith. I would at least obey the voice of the Lord. If he tells me to go, baby, I'm going. All of us in this room, God wants to activate you in your faith. You were built by design, crafted for your calling, wired for your work. Before God formed you, he knew you. In the fourth area, is reinforcements are coming. <laughs> I feel like this is a word for somebody, I really do. Reinforcements are coming. You felt a little bit alone, feel like, am I the only one? Is there anybody else taking a, am I? I'm telling you, reinforcements are coming. It's a scary thought, <laughs> but when it comes down to there's no other options but God, God seems to show up in love moments like that, right? Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. He's like, whoop, here I come, baby. Bam, you know? Like, he, he, he thrives in those environments, right? When, when you get down to the point where it's just, man, God, if you don't come through, he's like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> when I was a kid, there was this cartoon called Mighty Mouse, and they had this theme song. It was, here he comes to save the day. Mighty Mouse is on his way. You know? God's going to come through for you. So if you're sitting here today and you're wondering, God, are you real? God, are you, do you really have a plan, a purpose, and a destiny on my life? God, are you really asking me? Yes, yes, yes. God wants to encourage you and strengthen your faith. He wants to lift your spirits today. He is for you. He's not working against you. He's actually bringing all things around for your good. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He is with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And then like Paul reminded the Philippians church in Philippians 1.6, he says, you guys, I'm confident of this. He who began that good work in you, he who began that good work in your family, he who began that good work in your marriage, he who began that good work in your business, he who began that good work in your children, he who began that work because it was authored by him and he's the author and the finisher and he's writing it, he's gonna complete it. He's faithful God, he's not gonna, he's not gonna let you down. Keep your faith up, do the work. God is with you, reinforcements are coming. Hallelujah. Hannah, come up front. I don't know where she is. Beautiful Hannah. Come up front and just play the piano or something. It'll help me calm down. The coolest thing is, you know, from, from, from the mouths of babes, the Lord has ordained praise. And so Hannah's coming up pregnant, but her baby's coming up and getting some worship this morning too. <laughs> Nahum 1.7 in the message says this. He says, God is good a hiding place in tough times. 
He recognizes and welcomes anyone, anyone, anyone looking for help. If you need help today, God is here. No matter how desperate the trouble may feel. Life is short, eternity is real, and people do matter most. It's not just a cute saying, that's the reality. In this moment, Jesus might be calling out to you. I just wanna read a few scriptures that speak to salvation. If you're sitting here and you're like, Pastor Jeff, are you trying to get me saved? Yes, bro, you walked into a church. What do you think, man? <laughs> it's my great pleasure and honor to present you some scriptures today. That I just want you to just think about. No matter where you're at in your journey of faith. Christianity is not a faith where you just check your mind at the door. If you got questions, get those questions answered. But you're responsible to go get those questions answered. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And he'll eat with me. This is Jesus talking. He's inviting you. He's like, I'm knocking. And some of you are sitting in here, and you're like, I know who's at the door. I know he's doing it. I'm sitting here in this church service. Ah, fine, I'll get up and I'm going to get it. And you open the door thinking that he's going to look upon you with shame, and he's going to be like, it's about time. No, no, no. When you open the door, he's like, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I love you. My son, my daughter. And he, he just wants to wrap you up in a big old hug and encourage you and tell you you were created for great things, that you were created on purpose for a purpose, that he loves you. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not might, you, you could be. No, 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 you will be saved. If you believe it and confess it, you're saved. That God raised him from the dead. For it's in your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and you're saved. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Is anybody else grateful that you called on the name of the Lord and are saved? I mean, come on, man. If today was the last day, we're all partying it up in heaven in a split second, okay? If you're not a Christian, this is as good as it's going to get for you. I'm sorry, it, it would get darker for you. If you're a Christian, a follower of Christ, this is the worst it's gonna be. Your best days are ahead of you. All of eternity, come on. So I'm, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer of salvation today, but God didn't ask you, Jesus said, go and make disciples. And he said to baptize them. He said this in Matthew. He didn't say pray a prayer. Prayer is a good step, but it's the first step. He said, if you're really going to be saved, then you're going to get uncomfortable and you're going to get wet. <laughs> he said, you're going to be baptized. The hallmark of every believer is that they would be baptized. He said, go, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 22, 16, I love this scripture. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Really? What are you waiting for? 
Today is a, a day we, we did some light mentioning of it last week, but we're doing baptisms today. And you might be sitting here and you're thinking, I didn't bring anything. It's totally cool. Nobody that was in, baptized in the Bible that we have record of had to change of clothes, okay? Uh, so everybody just kind of gave them clothes. I'll give you my shirt, you can take it home. I'm not even joking you right now. Um, we have some shirts, different sizes. I think we only have smallish sizes. So unfortunately, guys my size, you, you, we're, you just have to wear what you got. So, but we'll wrap you up in a towel and you can take that towel home and do your best to dry off. But what a joyous moment. If you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today and got baptized in this moment on November the 21st, the best Thanksgiving of your life will happen. I'm telling you, okay? So if you're sitting here today and you're praying, wondering, God, are you speaking to me? You know he's speaking to you. If this message was just for you, it's worth it. If this setup today was just for you, it's worth it. God has a plan and a calling on your life. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening.